This week's episode is brought to you by The Communitor. Spend a fun-filled week with us in Southern California visiting the Jim Henson Studios, Imagineering, and more. Visit FairyGodmotherTravel.com and click on Special Offers for more info and your obligation-free quote. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And usually, right about now, I'm jealous, I'm jealous, I'm jealous of George because he just came back from Walt Disney World. And, <laughs> you know, since I live so close to Disneyland, I'm yeah. not jealous, I guess, but I am oh. because you went to Walt Disney World, so... I was like, yeah, but, okay, it's when different. have you ever had a magic band? That's uh-huh. true. I haven't had a magic band on my on my arm yet, so I'm uh-huh. kind of jealous uh-huh. about that. So, uh-huh. or am I? So, I, I don't. <laughs> or am I? Hmm. <laughs> I guess we're about to find out in this little trip report, <laughs> aren't we? Something. So, I right, let's let's head down. Okay, so I got to spend a, a full week, well, not quite a full week, but basically Sunday through Friday on actual research. I know we joke that we go down for research trips, but this this really was. Um, I had a, uh, a a listener of the show and who reads us on Mice Chat get in contact with me and said he had a bunch of stuff to give me. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Uh, it turned out to be like almost 14 or 15 Rubbermaid tubbies of stuff. It's hard to explain what it was. Magazines. Just stuff. Just stuff. Magazines, brochures, ephemera, memos, notes. I mean, we've gone through one box already, and I've been blown away by this stuff. So, you know, I'm just, you know, rubbing. That's the sound of me rubbing my hands together because I'm so excited. Or or you're greedy. One of the two. Well, I'm greedy. That's it. Thank you. I'm very greedy because now I can, but I can share all this with the world. That's true. write 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 some great articles for my chat, some great Communicore weekly history segments. Oh yeah, or just hoard it. Yeah. So anyway, so 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 drove from North Carolina. Woke up at like four. Got out of the house at four o'clock in the morning. Got there at two on Sunday. Uh, checked in the hotel. Got my really cool Magic Band. Tapped it on the door at the at the resort. Stayed at All Star Sports because I was going cheap on this trip. And it opened the door. There you go. Awesome. It Time, worked. Trip, trip's over. Go home. Trip report's over. We're done. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then made my way over to Epcot and met up with some friends. Um, Kevin Yee every week has a weekly Walt Disney World group that gets together on Facebook. So look up weekly Walt Disney World. They love for anybody to come out and hang out with them. And you get a chance to hang out with Kevin Yee and a lot of the same uh, bloggers and historians. was awesome. Uh, hung out with Epcot and you know we really geeked out for a while. Uh, but then I went home and went to bed because it was tired. And spent and you're Monday. Old. Yeah, and I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so okay. So spent Monday at the Magic Kingdom. Um, Magic Band worked fine, getting me in, no problem. Just pay attention to the colors. That's all I'll say. Because Mickey, Mickey turns green, it's good. Mickey turns white means he's confused, and Mickey turns blue means you're in trouble. 
so you don't want to turn blue. That means something's wrong. Um, but you know, spent the day running around the Magic Kingdom, getting photographs for us to use during the research, you know, putting in the time that we needed to. But here's where I ran into some interesting problems. For those of you guys that haven't used it yet, the Magic Band also comes with My Magic Plus, which is an app that you can use on your smartphone uh, to reserve experiences. You know, like Fast Pass Pluses, basically, is what they were called. And you can reserve them, I believe it's up to 60 days in advance. You know, you're really making a reservation for an e-ticket and then like a D-ticket and then an experience. They're letting you do three things. And it's not like you get to choose three e-tickets. You get one e-ticket. So you're basically planning your whole day around an e-ticket. And you got to choose that one e-ticket. It doesn't mean you can't ride anything else. It just means you've got to wait in line the standby queue. So I went by, I had Big Thunder Mountain for lunch and uh, the, the, the Fast Pass, and it was at least a 15 to 20 minute queue to get through the Fast Pass. Just to get to the Fast Pass entrance, there was at least a 15 minute wait. And the line stretched all the way to the bridge, almost right in front of Splash Mountain. It was crazy. People were walking up going, is this the line for Fast Pass? You know, why is this taking forever? Um, once you got were, through, were they handling the were the the CMs handling the crowds okay or was yes, it just yeah. madness? No, it was there were so many people that had made reservations for it, you know, and it's like you know you just didn't see it in as many places. Mm-hmm. Um, once you got up to the front of the queue, the cast members unfortunately were yelling very loudly, "Have your magic band out or have your room key out," which has or your 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 admission media, which has the RFID tag on it to scan it to show that you've got the fast pass. Mm-hmm. So, and they were still taking a few paper fast passes as well, but that was crazy. I don't know what's going to happen during the Christmas rush or during spring break. See, because you went to, through yeah. during a no- notoriously like low attendance yeah. week, so God only yeah. knows how it's going to be in two weeks from yeah. then. First, first week of first week of December. I mean, go figure. You know, I did find out. You know, it, it's the experience and the way they changed the queues really made the other attractions that normally have no wait had a wait. I waited more than 30 minutes for both Haunted Mansion and Empire to the Caribbean, which is crazy. Um, I, I just, I, I was like, what's going on here? You know, I did it to see what it was, but it was going through that entire queue in the entrance closet of, to Pirates. Every single chain was up, and it was still more than a half hour or so. Uh, so I'm not a big fan right now. Not a big fan of it, and I hope people let, let, they let Disney know. Um, okay, so that evening, uh, I did see the, um, the um, Celebrate the Magic Castle show, which was the overlays, it was wonderful. The castle looked like it moved. Uh, the castle looked like it was moving, it was fantastic. Uh, another interesting thing with the Fast Pass Plus, they were about to rope off an area for the second Main Street Electrical Parade, and they made several people move that had been waiting there for a long time to for these great shots around the hub. I would not have been happy. Yeah, there was one guy who got very angry. He was in an ECV and he was disappointed when they made a move. and. He was like, why, who's, who's, who's special? Who gets this reservation? And we're like, okay, I'm gonna walk over there. So, and uh, the best thing though I heard was uh, a little kid behind me in line at Big Thunder Mountain Railroad walked up and slapped his bracelet against Mickey and it turned green and he yelled, Mickey said, yay. I was like, well, at least that one kid's happy. So um, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Cause I know we don't have a four hour show. Um, Tuesday I went to DAC and I did not- Spent spend an entire day. 
did not spend more than four hours there. Ah, so <laughs> I uh, did you're see, killing yeah, me. I did see Finding Nemo for the first time, and I loved it. I thought it was cute. Well, that's good. I, I do enjoy that great show quite show. a bit. For, first time I'd seen it because I never wanted to wait in the long line, but but I had a Fast Pass Plus for it. I was like, okay, uh, and waited on standby for the safari, which was over 30 minutes, and they were running a full Fast Pass Plus queue. So then again, you know, it, it just delayed everybody else. Um, so after lunch, because I'd done everything I wanted to at the Mag at Animal Kingdom, I went to Theme Park Connection, look at their new location. And honestly, this really is a Disney fan's dream. I've heard mixed reviews about the place. So you never know what you're going to find there. They do have morning-only specials, so you might want to go before lunch. But I saw a ton of stuff I want to come back and get. So, okay, Wednesday, my first ever trip to Islands of Adventure. I've never gone to another Disney theme park in or non-Disney theme park in Orlando. And this place, Jeff, blew me away. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's Yeah, the amazing Spider-Man was incredible. I think I saw four hidden Stan Lees. Um, the queue for the Harry Potter ride, the attraction was breathtaking itself and gave me goosebumps and the ride was an incredible tour de force you know disney pay attention build stuff like this and the whole area about the wizarding world of harry potter really reminded me of new orleans square and i knew we could probably do a segment on that all together but it was great um i did get to go to the disney hollywood studios use fast pass plus for phantasmic which was great because i almost could pick any seat i wanted to um <clears throat> but the exciting day for me was thursday was magic kingdom Got to hang out with a cast member or hang out with a cast member from the 70s who worked there and took me over to the Contemporary and showed me where the Gulf Coast Room, the Pueblo, Pueblo Room, the Coquina Grove, where all those places were. So future posts coming. Yep. And then I got to hang out with Imagineer Jason Grant at Epcot and he signed a copy of his new book. So I've got another book, which will be coming up in a review. And then to end the trip, stay with my uh, nephew in Atlanta and showed me where the red monorail Mark IV that's just hanging out in Tyson's Depot, Georgia. Just hanging out. You you sent me that picture uh, when yeah. you were driving home, and I'm like, I thought he left Walt Disney World. Where is he that he <laughs> has a picture of the monorail? And then you like you, you posted another one on Facebook of it like on the back of a truck bed. I'm like, what yep. is going on? They bought it, and they moved it to Tyson's Depot, Georgia, and it's it's spectacular to walk up there. What does it do? Does it just sit there? It's, it's, just, a, it's just a conversation piece, yeah. It's got their logo on it. I mean, you know. How so much money does that cost that they just bought it to have it sit there? Because I want to buy uh, it. Yeah, rumors I've heard is about 150000 oh. So Oh, see, yeah. I was on board up until you said the 1000 part. Exactly. So, but, you know, all I can say is I'm not a big fan right now of the reservation system. Love the band for getting into the parks in the room. Not a big fan of the Fast Pass Plus and the My Magic Plus and Harry Potter was awesome. And I want everybody to go visit Islands of Adventure. I know, scary. Well, Very scary. It is an excellent park. I do love the Harry Potter part to it, and that's what they need to be doing instead of putting a wristband on you and charging you billions of dollars for it. Exactly, and I did get noticed in the park, even though I was incognito. You got noticed? Yes, it yes. Was because she... of those posters on the wall at the post office. That's what it was. It? That's what it was. It was posters in the wall. So. I told you. <laughs> you got to be careful when you're down there. Exactly. He's a nerd. He's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his beat. It's George's Book of the Week. So this week's book is Disneyland Story, the unofficial guide to the evolution of Walt Disney's dream by Sam Genaway. And, you know, before we get started, Sam is a Mice Chat columnist. Uh, but, you know, I would never let that get in the way of my review. 
never, 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 never. So, okay. Well, for those of you who aren't familiar with Sam, uh, he is, his background is in urban planning, which really gives him a, a rather unique perspective on Disney parks. Uh, I enjoy his columns on Mice Chat, so I was looking forward to this particular approach. His first book, Walt and the Promise of Progress City, was a great encapsulation of most of the published work on Epcot, including, again, Sam's unique perspective on urban planning. You know, that's essentially what Epcot really was for the longest time. Okay, so this book, the Disneyland book, is incredibly exhaustive. And it really takes us through Disneyland's history through the growth of the beloved park. It's laid out in large blocks of years that showcase the development of the park through the major attractions in the shows. And, and what's fascinating in the book is that Sam was able to delve into the political machinations with the city councils of Burbank and Anaheim to show how Walt's ideas were stymied as well as, you know, passed unanimously. You know, Walt asked, he's going to get. Uh, the larger civic and community roles that Disneyland has played are usually not recounted, which makes this book so valuable. Uh, and kudos to Sam for including an almost rapacious bibliography and for having the decency to cite his references. Uh, not many authors do that. I'm not pointing out at anybody in particular. So, um, <laughs> so, so this is a this is a great book for someone getting into Disneyland history for the first time, and you know people that have read a lot or fashion themselves Disney historians will find um, all of Sam's info accurate and well trodden, honestly. And if anything, that's my biggest gripe. He really just referenced a lot of primary sources, you know, like the Nickel Tour and Randy Bright's Disneyland Inside Story, to to create his own history. But that's really, that's part of what historians, that's what we do. And, uh, you know, many of the titles that Sam notes and the references that he lists are simply not common enough or inexpensive enough to be read by everyone. So, and it's it, it's still more of a rehashing, but I'm glad that Sam does talk a lot about the city and the town councils. Like in Orlando, it's, it's really amazing the power that Disneyland wields. And I know, Jeff, you had read a lot of this book as well and worked with Sam in particular. Didn't know if you had any thoughts about uh, uh, the book so far. Yeah, uh, full disclosure, I did not finish it yet. I'm very close to finishing it, though. Uh, I don't read as quickly well, okay. as, as George does, apparently. Well, I won't tell you. The butler did it in the pantry with a candlestick. Oh, my God. Oh. So you don't, ha you don't have to finish the book now. Did, did Snape kill Dumbledore? Is that what yes. happened? Twice. Ooh, Twice. Awkward. Twice. Awkward. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think what really sums up the book really well is, is pretty much its opening line of the book is, once upon a time, Walt Disney had had three children, uh, Diane, Sharon, and Disneyland. And that that's how he treats the book. He treats the book as a biography of a person almost uh, when it's a place. And I, to me, that was kind of a unique approach to it. And uh, I really did like reading the you know how how he laid it out and you know how many his or his sources and all his citations were ridiculous like i was flipping back and forth yeah. a thousand times and i never do that with books but i was so like i loved it i thought it was great um but what i've read so far is fantastic and uh i i really enjoy it so far well good yeah so i think uh this this book really is a must-have for Disneyland fans, uh, even even if you're just getting it for the bibliography in the notes section. But it, it's well written, and I think most people enjoy it. The book again is called Disneyland Story: The Unofficial Guide to the Evolution of Walt Disney's Dream by Sam Genaway. What we liked, what we didn't like, in the booze. Sixty-second review. 
Okay, so sometimes when a, a Blu-ray starts, um, I get a little antsy when I think, ooh, what's what's the movie coming up that they're going to release like you do in the theaters? And I have to say, I was thrilled when I saw that the 50th anniversary of Mary Poppins was being released. And I was, well, I already said I was thrilled, but I was double thrilled. Super thrilled. Super thrilled, because this is Mary Poppins. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's, you know, considered Walt Disney's classic film. I mean... It's got some of the best music ever written by the Sherman Brothers, period. And it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's on Blu-ray. How else can you really describe it except for, you know, stealing a phrase from the film of practically perfect in every way? Because it is. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I love it. Um, I mean, how can we even, if you're listening to this, you, you have seen the movie before. There's no doubt in my mind. There may be one or two of you who have not seen it. Um, Mm-hmm. change that immediately and get this dvd yes. so i guess we should really talk about the i'm sorry the blu-ray we should talk about the blu-ray itself and <laughs> how it differs from previous versions and why we recommend it because we do exactly i mean the movie is looks gorgeous the transfer was spectacular and it sounds stupendous i'm I mean, i'm racking my brains for other words to Get people to go out and buy this. I, I thought you had a thesaurus there, and that you were just like quickly <laughs> searching through it to find these words, and that's why I was you're pulling up the the uh, the, 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 the thesaurus. thesaurus. Wow! Oh, jeez! Going to make a dinosaur joke? But Come on, George! Mind. Jeez! Never mind. Never mind. Um, I just you know, th- this is a movie that I can remember my mom taking us to go see in the drive-in back in the '70s. I know it was well before your time, Jeff, but you know, she she pulled me and Andy and aside and said, "Look, this is the movie that everybody in the world needs to see." It's a classic. It's amazing. It's spectacular, and you know, at that time, I, I liked you know Winnie the Pooh, and I, I didn't know what was going on, and but yeah, she was right. Yeah, you know? and uh, you know, I, for for this transfer, um, I mean, we complained about some previous Blu-rays that Disney has released recently before, yep. um, and how they look terrible. This, I think, the transfer looks fantastic. Uh, I mean, the, the flesh tones look correct. Uh, the Jolly Holiday sequence is. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's beautifully saturated and it, it just it looks gorgeous. Um, they did a really, really good job of transferring this to high definition, and I am super, super psyched about it. Um, yeah, when you, when you mentioned the Jolly Holiday sequence, that's a great point because I remember watching this before, I believe, on DVD, VHS, and possibly even Laserdisc, <laughs> you know, owning every version of What's it. What's a Laserdisc? Oh. Sorry, I just, I just I dated just you, didn't it. I? Carousel of Progress. Carousel of um, Progress. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but always looking at that scene and going, eh, you know, you can tell, it, yeah, they did a really a good job for the time. But on the Blu-ray, it looks wonderful. Everything, it doesn't look like it's uh, disparate images or uh, scenes or film segments at all. It works so well. Yeah. So, so well. And the music is great, you know paused it and the 10 year old starts singing the songs right off the bat and he Which does it was a like, great feeling yeah yeah it's like okay well yeah i guess these are some good songs <laughs> uh you know you mentioned the scenes look great uh it, there, there was no point that it looked like there were any effects were being used like we've seen with some transfers mm-hmm. but still and it sounded gorgeous oh it sounded so yeah, the good new, the new sound mix is wonderful it was, it's it's a Dolby 7.1, I think, isn't it? Or it is, like yeah. That? There's a Dolby 7.1 mix on there, which is wonderful. I mean, it is the 50th anniversary. And, you know, of course, there was a preview for Saving Mr. Banks, which I think everybody's excited about. Yes, absolutely. Uh, heard really good things. And that leads us into 
really one of the only two extras that's well, on the Blu-ray. Well, I mean, there's plenty of extras that were well, ported over from the DVD release, and they're that's all true. good. But yes. there's only two new extras that are on the disc, um, and then the one becoming Mr. Sherman, um, where Jason Schwartzman he talks to Richard Sher- Sherman. It's kind of like an inside look about the film itself, which was really cool. And I know yes, I'm was. already excited for the film, but that was even better. Um, and then the Mariogi, which uh, <laughs> you know, as a huge karaoke nerd, that was fantastic for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a and stupid we... little extra, but I appreciate yeah. it because I can sing karaoke to some of my favorite songs from the disc. <laughs> and we've seen that the that Mariogi style on plenty of others, but the music here just works so well, and it does it. And, and like you mentioned, the other the other DVD extras are great. And you know, I'd seen I had not seen them in years. Yeah, it was yeah. nice to revisit them and look at it and. But yeah, I, I, it's a fantastic release. I'm so glad they did it, and they did it so well. This is that... a good case of Disney doing it correctly. Um, yes, yes. V- very, very well. Um, so I would say buy it, most definitely. Yeah, definitely buy it. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. The proprietor of the Crystal Art Shop at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom is the Ferrante family. Now, you can find Thomas Ferrante's uh, Certificate of Citizenship, his first American dollar made, and a photo of their first store location in New York City. Uh, the Ferrantes emigrated to America in the 1800s from Spain and opened one of the first glass-blowing businesses in the uh, the entire city of uh, New York City. So, it's kind of cool to have them have a little tribute to their original location and family in the uh, Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Oh, definitely. And there are a ton of other five-legged goats in that store, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Nope. We'll keep those a secret for now. We'll <laughs> reveal them as time goes on. Excellent. Ex- oh, wait, that's The Simpsons. Sorry. No, you're close. close Something on. totally different anyway. So, yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> thank you guys so much for watching and listening to us another week yes yes please leave us a comment and rate us on itunes we love hearing the ratings from you guys so please give us give us a comment and a rating on there yep and feel free to email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com you can also like us on the facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly yep and follow us both on twitter and instagram i'm at imagine nerding and he's at jeff heimbuck you can also call us on the Communicore Weekly Hotline at 424-785-4628. Leave us a message. We'll send you a button. Many people have received their buttons already. We'll send you one. Give us a call. Yes, we will. And for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Bye, my boy.